Uh, next Sunday, 5 o'clock, we'll be out in the cafe. We're going to talk about our last trip and talk a little bit about what we see coming up for us. So we'd love to have you there and uh, tell you about what's happening. As most of you know, I love to talk. I love to talk about knowing Jesus. And uh, it's always something that is burning inside of me. And sometimes when you're reading the Word, um, you know, I, I read the Word and I look at this and I say, this is what you say about yourself. But what does that mean? You ever read in, in Exodus where it says, The Lord, his name is Jealous? Now, in my mind, when you hear the word jealous, it's usually negative. You know, it's, it's a bad thing. And, and uh, you know, it's like we, we're not supposed to be jealous. You know, we're not supposed to you know, want what other, what other people have and that, and that kind of thing. But, you know, I, I am constantly asking him, I want to know you. I want to know you in every way you'll show yourself to me. And uh, he began to, to show me his jealousy, and I, I didn't understand it. Um, it was a very um, unusual experience for me. But over, over time, he began to show me a fire inside of himself. And it was a fiery love for his bride. Jesus is a bridegroom. He's a bridegroom king. And he was, I can't explain it, but I was beginning to experience his emotion over his bride. And there was this deep, deep love. And, and it was an intense desire for, for his bride to be with him. And an intense desire for her to know him. And, um, you know, in the, in the past, I had come to understand a little bit about um, what it meant to be lovesick for him. You know, the desire of the bride wanting to be with her bridegroom. But in this time, he began to show me that he, too, is lovesick. And he has a great, great desire for us to be with him. And not just, you know, in heaven after we die, but face to face in a physical way when we're all resurrected and we all have our bodies. There's a longing in his heart for that time. He showed me how he, he sees his bride. He, he knows her joys. He knows her pains. He knows her times of loneliness. He, he showed me... You know, it's like I could see through his eyes the, the, the enemies that would come against her, the voices that would rise up against her, the temptations she would experience, the struggles that she would have, the struggles with her own identity of who she was as, as his bride. I, I could see her weaknesses. I could see her sin. I could see the things she struggled with and I could see the cry in her heart to know him more, as weak as it might be. He, and it was like, I was seeing this. I, was, I can't explain it, but I was just, I was feeling what he was feeling over his bride. And um, it was 
it was overwhelming, to, to say the least. But at one point, as I was, I was feeling the fire of his passion for her, he showed me that she began to set her eyes on another lover. And she became um, distracted from him and began to fall in love with another. And in that moment, I felt something um, that I never understood. And it, it was jealousy. It was a jealousy over her heart. It was a jealousy over his desire for, for, for her to be fully in love with him. And it was intense. It was fiery. And there was, there was anger in it. And it's like, what is this? Who are you? And he reminded me, I am jealous. My name is Jealous. And so I, I do what I always do when I, I experience his heart. As I, I go into the word, I say, God, if this is who you are, show me. Show me what you're doing. Show me what you're telling me. So I began to study what does the word jealous mean in the Bible. I went in the Old Testament. I went in the New Testament. And the word in the Hebrew in the Old Testament there's one word, and there's one word in the New Testament for jealousy. And there's a divine jealousy. God has a jealous heart. That word for jealous also means zealous. It's the same word. And zeal has to do with um, a fervor, a fire to see something accomplished. We're told that that there are things that God is going to do, and it says the zeal of the Lord will accomplish it. It's the fervor, it's the fire, it's the burning desire in his heart to see it done. But this jealousy, the jealous God, the jealous bridegroom, has a zeal, a fire inside of him for his bride, for, you know, he's... Jealousy has to do with being intolerant of unfaithfulness and vigilance to guard something of great value. And he sees the heart of the bride as something of great value. And so in his jealousy, he's vigilant, he's zealous for her heart to not be turned away, to not follow after other lovers. Now, as I've studied this in the Word, there's, there's three areas that I see his zeal, his jealousy. One is over his bride. And, and under that heading of his bride, he's, he has great zeal for Israel, and he has great zeal for his church. Those are the first two areas. But the third area is what I want to talk about, and that's his jealousy over your heart. You as an individual. Isaiah 62, 5 says, As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so God rejoices over you. He has an amazing love and zeal over you, over your heart. 
The book of Revelation is not just a book about the end times. The book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And one of the revelations in that book is that he is a bridegroom king. And as that bridegroom king, he is jealous with great zeal over his bride. And the, and the events that happen in that book are all about him dealing with the enemies of his bride, of his people, and of his kingdom. In Revelation 1, we see John has this, this initial encounter with Jesus. Now, John had known Jesus all his life. He was probably in his 80s, and he's, he begins to see Jesus in a way he's never seen him before. John is standing there. He's praying, and he hears this loud voice behind him. So he turns and looks, and he says, I, see, I saw seven candlesticks, lampstands, and in the middle of these lampstands was a man. And John goes on to describe, he says, his, his, he was dressed in a long robe, and his hair and his, and his head were white like wool, and he had eyes that were burning like flames of fire. Now when John sees those eyes, what happens? His, his gaze drops to the ground. He can't look at his eyes anymore. And then he says, I, I saw his feet, and they're like burnished bronze. And then I heard his voice again. It was like, like uh, many, many waters, just loud and roaring. And so I begin to, he began to look up, and he sees his right hand. In his right hand, there's seven stars. And then he, he, his, he, he begins to lift his face up more. And he sees that out of his mouth comes this sharp, two-edged sword. And he, then he looks at his face again. And it's full of glory, shining like the brightest sun. And in that instant, what happens? John falls at his feet like he's dead. Jesus lays his hands on him and says, John, don't fear. And he strengthens him. He stands up. And, and then that's how the book starts. But this description of John is the description of a bridegroom king. And his eyes are eyes of fire. And I, I looked at that, and it's like, what is it about those eyes? What is it about those eyes of fire? And I think this is where the jealousy comes in, the, the jealous bridegroom. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, 2 Corinthians 11.2, Paul says this. He says, I am jealous with a divine jealousy to present you to Christ as a pure virgin. John knew, I mean, Paul knew that jealousy of Jesus, the jealousy to, to guard over the heart of the church so that he could present her as a pure and spotless bride to the Lamb. The jealousy of Jesus. He's jealous that you would know the reason that you were created. That you would know that you were created to know him, to be with him forever, to love him with a whole heart. He wants you to know that he knows your temptations. He knows the, the 
the, the allure of, of this world. He knows the allure of the flesh. He knows the, 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 the ways that the devil wants to get and, and get a hold of your heart. He also knows the wolves, the wickedness, the motivation of evil towards his bride. Now, in Revelation 2, Jesus has John write letters to seven churches, two and three, chapters two and three. And in chapter two, he writes to the church of Thyatira. And in Thyatira, he says this. He says, tell them this. I am the son of God who has eyes like flames of fire. I am the one who has feet like burnished bronze. And as I looked at that, I, w I thought about Song of Solomon 8.6. It says this, Love is as strong as death. Jealousy is strong as the grave. It is the very flame of Yahweh. So if we're looking at Jesus and there's fire in his eyes, what is it? It's love that is strong as death. It's jealousy. It's the fire of God burning in his eyes for his people, for his bride. And as we look at the church of Thyatira, if you read through that passage, you'll see that this church was a thriving church. They had successful ministry. Um, there was great things going on. And they, you know, he even says, what you're doing now is greater than what you did before. But there was something wrong in that church. There was a woman named Jezebel. And she called herself a prophetess. And we're told that she taught the people to engage in immorality and eat food sacrificed to idols. She taught them this. Now, you know, we need to understand that um, a strong, thriving church doesn't allow a woman to come in who's obviously evil and, and be in leadership, okay? So this woman was probably, you know, probably a Christian, knew God, had demonstrated a prophetic gift that, that the leaders of the church recognized, but something happened. Over time, something happened in her heart, and she began to embrace something and began to teach something that was clearly against God's heart. And Jesus says, I am the one with the eyes of fire, and I'm going to deal with this problem out of the, my jealous heart. Proverbs 27.4 says this, Wrath is fierce, and anger is a flood, but who can stand before jealousy? So she's teaching them to engage in immorality. She herself has, begun, has become an adulteress, and there are many people in this church who are engaging with her adultery. And she's teaching them to eat food sacrificed to idols. What, what, is, what does that mean? Well, in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about food sacrificed to idols, and he says it's not the food. He says, but 
It's the fact that it's being sacrificed to demons. And we cannot take part in the Lord's table and the table of demons at the same time. If you do, you provoke the Lord to jealousy. And so we see that out of the jealousy in Jesus' heart, he's going to act in this church. And this bronze feet speaks of judgment. Um, I don't, we'll, but as we go on, we, we see in the church, as he's talking about this woman, he says, I gave her time to repent, but she would not. He's slow to anger. He's full of mercy and loving kindness. But he will not tolerate sin that is, that is embraced. And, and what happens? He casts her upon a sickbed. And those who have been, in, who've been following her and engaging in her immorality they are about to go through a great trial if they don't repent. And he, her, her children die. This is, this is extreme. This is Jesus we're talking about. This is the jealous bridegroom we're talking about. Now, now why? I mean, I'm not talking about sin that we stumble in, okay? I'm talking about sin that we embrace and, and love, okay? And this is what had happened. So how did they get there? This is my question. It's like, why? This is really extreme, God. This is really extreme. How did they get to this point that, that you had to act to this degree? And why? Why would you act at this level? She was leading. She was leading her her, um, come on. She was leading his bride astray. She was causing them to embrace sin and not resist it. Jesus is very jealous about the heart of his bride, about your heart. And when something's tries to hinder you from being wholehearted in your love for him, he's going to deal with it. Now, he, he may deal with it gently. He may deal it in a whisper. He may deal with it in a shaking. He may deal with it in a shout. But he's going to deal with it in the way that he knows best will, uh, will reach your heart. Now, the church of Thyatira, these people... They were saved, they were doing ministry, they were people who knew him. So how'd they come to this place? How did they get to the point of, of, of falling so far in their sin? I think we see a suggestion of this in Matthew 24. In Matthew 24, Jesus talks about a great falling away that's going to happen. And in this, he says, um, now this is at the end of the, end of the age. Um, this is in the, during the, 
you know, the time of the tribulation, but I think this applies to, our, to us today, okay? Um, he says, at that time, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And I was looking at that, and I was like, why would lawlessness out here, around me, in, in the world, in our culture, cause my heart to grow cold? What, what would it be about that? And, and, as, and I realized it's not the lawlessness that's out there. It's the lawlessness that's in here. The sin that I stop fighting, the sin that I begin to just agree with and embrace and, and make it my own, that's the lawlessness that he's talking about. The lawlessness in my heart that will cause my heart to grow cold. Um, I think we actually see this in Judas. Judas was a disciple of Jesus. He was with him. He saw all his miracles. He heard all his teaching. He was a follower of Jesus. Judas was one of those who went out and actually did the miracles. He, he cast out demons. He healed people. He was there, you know, he handed out the, br the bread and, and collected the baskets. Judas was one of the twelve. But something happened to Judas. He became, he became greedy, and he didn't fight the greed. He embraced the greed, and he, he, we're told he was stealing the money from the treasury that they had. And, and out of that, as his heart became cold... Satan was able to fill his heart and cause him to betray Jesus. In my life, I have a testimony of this. There was a time I had been active in ministry, and, and then things started happening, and I was hurt by the church. I was hurt by leadership. I was hurt by the people. I, I walked away from that situation saying, I don't trust people. I don't trust the church. I don't trust leadership in the church. And my heart was wounded, and I stopped trusting, and I had become offended. In the midst of that, I had been fighting. I had been struggling with sin. But at this point in time, I gave up the fight. And I started embracing it. And for 10 years, I held on to the sin. I was... I wasn't... I enjoyed the sin. I was giving myself to the sin. It was in the area of immorality and pornography. And, you know, I would rarely go to church. I had stopped reading my Bible, and my heart was becoming cold. 
my heart was becoming hard. And, it, and, and, and life, you know, on the outside, life looked good, but in our family and inside of me, life was not good. It was very difficult, and it was, there were times of, of, it just wasn't good. And I came to a point one day where I actually heard a voice speak to me that said, why don't you just walk away from it all? Just give up on this God thing. Give up on your family. Just walk away from it all and, and, and all these troubles will go away. And I had a choice. At that moment, I had a choice to turn my back on God and walk away. Now, I fully embrace the fact that I am in his hand and nothing can take me out of his hand. No demon, no devil, no trial. But his hand is holding me and I still have a choice. And I had a choice at that moment to walk out of his hand and leave him. Now, the shaking in, in, that was going on, this trial, this turmoil that was going on in my life, you know, I think was, was part of what he was doing. He was allowing it to, to get my attention. But at that moment of that decision, he whispered to me, And he said, remember. And in, the, in that second, I remembered something. In high school, I had watched many of my friends walk away from Jesus. Friends I had grown up with in the church. And they turned their back on Jesus. And I remember saying to him at that time, he, I said, even if all my friends walk away, I will not. And in his jealousy over my heart, in that gentle moment, he said, remember. And he brought that back to my mind. And then I began to remember other things, how he had worked in my life. And it's like, no, I will not. Walk away from you. And it began to turn my heart. My heart began to soften again. My heart began to, to warm up again. And, and in the period of time after that, I, just, I, I opened the word again. I started reading and I started talking to him and I... And then I came to a point where I had a wrestling match with him, and he won. But uh, I was in that place. I was in a risky place of walking away from him because my heart had become cold. Now, Jesus is the jealous bridegroom. He was jealous over my heart. He knew everything that was going on. And he knew how to speak to me. 
But Jesus himself says that when lawlessness increases, hearts grow cold. And if we continue to embrace the lawlessness in our heart, our heart will grow cold. And I have seen people say, I'm done. I'm walking away. I want nothing more to do with him. A cold heart, a hard heart is not turned towards God. A hard heart becomes easily offended with him. And what happened when the, when the disciples became offended with Jesus? We're told they walked away. They stopped following him. He's jealous. He will move heaven and earth. He will move heaven and earth because he wants your heart. But he won't force you. Because love that is forced is not love. He is a jealous bridegroom. He desires you. He has great passion for you. You know, his enemies will experience his wrath. But his bride will experience his zealous love. And in that zealous love, he will, he will do everything that he will, he can do to guard your heart, to, to draw your heart to him. But it's a choice that each of us need to make. A choice to repent. A choice to say, no, I, I don't want to love this sin. I want to hate this sin. Paul says, I do the things I hate. That's not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about embracing our sin, we fight. We're constantly fighting sin in our lives. It's, I'm talking about the sin that we say, I want that sin. I'm going to keep doing this sin because I was believing a lie. When I started down that path of, of engaging in, in, in immorality in my heart, I was hearing, I can sin all I want because he'll forgive me in the end. Now, there's truth to that, but that is a very dangerous place to live because our hearts grow cold and we come to a point where we may say, I don't want him anymore. So I'm, I'm, I'm here to call you today. Open your eyes to the jealous bridegroom. Open your eyes to this, this glorious, beloved man who is after your heart, who wants your heart wholeheartedly. Stop. I, 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 I beg you, repent of whatever it is in your heart that you're hanging on to. That would keep you from loving him wholeheartedly. For me, it was immorality. It was lust. It was pornography. But for some people, maybe it's lying. Maybe it's pride, gossip, greed, envy, unforgiveness. What is it that you may be embracing today, that you're hugging, that you're holding on saying, this is my sin and I like it.
Let's pray. Father, we ask for a revelation of your Son as our bridegroom who is, has great zeal over us. And he's jealous. And he will not tolerate sin that we embrace. Father, I ask for your spirit of repentance to come, your, your spirit of, of, of wisdom and revelation to open the eyes of our hearts. And we just say to you right now, whatever it is inside of me that I'm hanging on to, whatever it is, I say no to it. I will start fighting again. I say no to this sin. I say no to this immorality. I say no to this greed. I say no to this, this envy. I say no to unforgiveness. I confess to you, God, it is wrong. And I don't want it anymore. I want to know your burning heart for me. I want to know you, Jesus. I want, I want to love you with my whole heart. In Jesus' name.